It's mullet time. Is this the straw that breaks Nancy Pelosi's back? Can she resist impeachment? The Fury Theory starts right now. The Fury Theory Podcast brought to you by EFB Advocacy. I'm joined by my colleagues Adam Belmar, the B, and John Easton, the E. We're going to start with Adam Belmar. Adam, you watched Mueller give his soliloquy, no questions. Uh, do you think now that the Democrats have any choice but to do impeachment? Yes, they've always had a choice. And uh, I think that, you know, Mr. Mueller's statement, although it was really just derived from... Oh, did you buy that book? Well, we all bought it. Oh. Multiple copies, only one copy. This copy has been read and underlined. Mr. Mueller um, said, the ball's in your court, John. That's what he said. He said, I've taken this thing as far as I can under the rules of the game, um, and I have brought everything that I have come to find out to bear in said report, which obviously nobody read because it's almost as though the thing didn't even happen until he stood up and spoke. I mean... He said nothing new, and yet people are freaking out this week uh, because I'm, they saw him standing in a podium. And to be clear, John Eason, I'm not freaking out. Um, no, you're not. I'm very calm. I'm excited about this. Uh, I know that Adam has wanted to talk about Mueller time consistently because you love this stuff. Um, have you read the report? Uh, it's on my bedside table, but uh, not yet. And, you know, there was a great article in the Washington Post by Alexandra Petri. Yeah, it was fantastic. And, and, and did you read the, that article? It was actually really funny about, um, you know, what is a plaintive cry by Mr. Mueller yep. to have somebody, anybody, right. read his report. Right. Um, do you think anyone's read the report outside of Adam Belmar? Uh yeah, I, th I think so, but as Adam and I have had a couple conversations about this recently, and, and I think that if you are a member of the national media who covers politics, policy, if you are a member of Congress, House or Senate, or you know a member of a staff of a member of Congress, uh, you really, this should be required reading. It, it really should. I mean, if, if you are walking down the hall, and a reporter asks a very legitimate question. Have you read the Mueller report? You really need to be able to say, yes, I've read it. I mean, this it's, it's obviously very serious stuff, and this guy spent two years investigating a very serious topic, which is not necessarily Donald Trump and, a, and obstruction. This guy, it's, it's Russian interference into our, into our election. I know that gets lost a lot, but it's one of the most serious um, – Torpedoes into our election system that has occurred in, in the modern era. So I think that um, for, for people not to read that, at least the, the group that I was talking about, I think that's a dereliction of duty. And uh, Adam Belmar, that was precisely what Mr. Mueller said in his press conference. He said, this report is about Russian interference into our uh, election processes, although, you know, I'm not sure how important that was. <laughs> um, but uh, that was what his point of the press conference was, right? No. <laughs> no? No. I disagree. He said his concluding statement, to your point, was there were multiple systematic efforts to interfere with our election, and that allegation deserves the attention of That's er what I thought. Of, of every, that was the whole point of, of this press conference. Of every American, is okay. what he said. 
my interpretation of the point of the press conference was really how it pointed up a major concern and disparity in interpretation that's out there. The Attorney General, William Barr, took the report, summarized the report, and then transmitted that summary to Congress, and then went up to Congress and testified. And in doing so, he said that the Mueller report and the Mueller team concluded that the president did not obstruct justice. That's why they didn't uh, charge him. And furthermore, that it wasn't because of this Office of Legal Counsel opinion that they didn't return uh, an indictment or uh, you know issues pertaining directly to uh, obstruction. And I think that what the former uh, FBI director, the special counsel, Robert Mueller, said in his uh, report and what he said in his press conference is that that's just not true. And if you'll allow me on that one point, I, I want to read uh, from volume two, which is the Are you, you going to read from this book? I am going to re- read from the report. <laughs> could, you um, be, could you be quick about it, please? Mm-hmm. <laughs> With respect to whether the president can be found to have obstructed justice by exercising his powers under Article Two of the Constitution, we, that would be the Mueller con- team, conclude that Congress has authority to prohibit a president's corrupt use of his authority in order to protect the integrity of the administration of justice. The conclusion that Congress may apply the obstruction laws to the president's corrupt exercise of the powers of office accord with our constitutional system of checks and balances and the principle that no person is above the law. He goes on to say, because we determined not to make a traditional prosecutorial judgment, we did not draw ultimate conclusions about the president's conduct. The evidence we obtained about the president's actions and intent present difficult issues that would need to be resolved if we were making a traditional prosecutorial judgment. At the same time, if we had confidence after a thorough investigation of the facts that the president clearly did not commit obstruction of justice, we would so state. Okay, that's fine. You know what? They didn't so state. And I think that if you look at Volume 2, which is the Bill of Particulars that have now been referred to the country and to the Congress, that there is ample evidence to digest that details um, what Congress can can look at in terms of impeachment. That's why it's so serious. Okay, let's, let's, go, let's go back to um, the impeachment question. Uh, Adam wants to make this uh, a whole thing about the Mueller report. I get that. But... Um, Talking about the politics of this, John, uh, the Democrat leadership believes that if the president is impeached or the, the, the House moves to impeach the president, it's bad for them. The rank and file members don't believe that. They think they need to impeach this guy. What, what do you? How do you think the politics plays out on this? I don't know if it, it's all the rank and file members. I think 44, you know, it's up to 44 Democrats have publicly stated they would support impeachment proceedings. I think that... If you look at what's happening, this is now completely political. All of this is political now. Why? Because it is now, as Adam just pointed out, Mueller has now just shifted the whole thing to Congress. And um, Pelosi and her team, they are correct. I mean, this because impeachment is about winner-take-all. 
It is. Either, you know, you win it all and you remove the president. If you don't, you will suffer the consequences because you're taking the country through a major thing. And let's talk about real quick. There are three reasons why this is so political right now or, or that it's partisan. And I think, one, you have the House Democrats um, really investigating the president and the White House. I mean, daily. And what on May 15th, the White House counsel wrote back you know, to Na- Chairman Nadler of the Judiciary Committee his request for documents and for uh, uh, testimony and lots of uh, lots and lots of items. And the White House counsel wrote back and said, uh, you can take this and shove it. We're not giving you. You will get nothing. All right. And why? Because they, they state that it has no legitimate legislative purpose. And that is actually, um, you know, they can use that. Now, they may get overruled on that by a judge. So by the White House saying, shove it, that becomes very, I mean, you know, that enrages the Democrats. Second thing is the Department of Justice is now undergoing an internal investigation on the origins of the Russia investigation, right? right? So yeah. investigating the Trump campaign of 2016, how that occurred, why that occurred, who did it, um, that is going to get ugly. And and it's also the Democrats now are like, what? you you, you got to be kidding me. And that is creating a partisan charge. Number three, and I think this is the most important of all, is uh, the presidential campaign trail. They're all... By virtue of this coming in and the leading presidential candidates, most of them calling for impeachment, it turns it into, again, a very partisan pool um, that, that we are dealing with. So what do you have? Right now you have between 30 and 40 percent of the American people supporting impeachment. And, and if, if you look at independence, it's 19 percent. And that's based on a, a recent Wall Street Journal the NBC poll, 19 percent of independence. And now this is going into a, a, a partisan way. So if you look at the Clinton um, impeachment, um, 50 senators voted guilty on, um, on obstruction. 45 senators voted guilty on perjury. That's all they get. They, you need 67, right? Not one Democrat voted guilty on either charge of Bill Clinton. You could expect the exact same thing in the Senate. For Donald Trump, so the House Democrats, the leadership, they're looking at. They know this. They they see this as something as we are doomed because the Senate's not gonna, gonna not going to remove him from office, not based on what we know right now. And so we're gonna take the public, the American people, through this for how long? I, I don't know, a year uh, or more. It's going to hijack everything else, and they roll the dice all on removing Donald Trump. And if they don't, they suffer badly. Well, it's, uh, it's, you know, when we did impeach Clinton, it happened well after his reelection. And then the impeachment itself happened after the, the, his final midterm election. Um, and so the, the politics of that midterm uh, election were bad for the Republicans because they, they got completely sidetracked talking about any agenda other than impeach, impeaching Clinton. Um, this is a little bit different because it's um, Trump who's on on the agenda, Trump who's on the ballot. And there's Adam, there's an interesting uh, analysis by Alan Lichtman who correctly predicted that Trump was going to win. He is saying now that if the Democrats don't impeach Trump, they don't have any choice. They, they, they will lose the election. If they do impeach him, it strengthens their opportunity to win the election, which I think is an interesting 
historical analysis from this this political scientist um, who's correctly pre predicted many presidential elections. Now, part of this is that Lichtman wants the Democrats to impeach Trump because he hates Trump, uh, but part of it is because he believes that all the other factors for keeping Trump um, in office are overwhelming, especially on, on the economy, which could turn turn bad. Who knows what's going to happen? Uh, and a variety of other factors. Uh, do you think that impeaching Trump is going to help the president get reelected, uh, as John seems to imply, or do you think it, it could be a way to make sure that Trump doesn't get reelected? I believe that impeaching Trump will lead to his reelection. I also believe that as the history of outrage of presidential malfeasance goes, this is chicken shit, okay? I'm not saying that this is the worst thing in the world by any stretch. I'm just saying people need to read it. Our presidents have done worse. I mean, so much worse. This is petty, petty stuff, okay, by a guy who didn't know what he was doing and really just behaved badly. It's a chronicle of bad behavior. Is it, does it rise to the level of, of removing a president from office? I humbly submit no, it does not. But I do believe it's serious. I do believe that serious people should read it and be speaking about it and understand the game. This is about constitutional law and American politics. It's a board game that few people read the, the bottom of the, the top of the box with the rules. And they, you know, and just, can I say this? Somebody that I really like who has a show up in Boston, Jim Browdy, his show called Greater Boston, it airs nightly on WGBH-TV, had this wonderful segment this week, quoting back and giving lots of sound from the president and from Mueller and from Barr, and then he belied himself for the liberal that he is by complaining that ultimately Mueller has done the whole country a terrible disservice by not undertaking a huge media campaign and doing a book tour for this book and, and, and that he's not selling it. It's not his job to sell it. This is not a book that was put out by Random House. This is a serious report and chronicle of malfeasance, not just by the president, his, his troops, but also the Russians who attacked our election. We should look at it seriously through that lens. And as far as the politics go, I accede to John Easton's thoughts here. I agree with him. And frankly, I agree with, with, with where you net out on it. Listen, I, I, listen, where I net out on this is that the Democrats from the very beginning when he got elected wanted him impeached mm -hmm. and there there were partisan Democrats within the Justice Department there were partisan Democrats within the Obama administration who never thought this guy was going to win they did everything they could to make sure that he wouldn't win they, they tried to litigate this this whole Russia gate thing was all part of the people forget it was not put under the rug during the election. They talked about it. Hillary Clinton tried to make this a big deal um, during the election. The voters didn't give a shit. The voters didn't give a shit because they didn't want a third term of Barack Obama. And they didn't want Hillary Clinton because she was a nasty person who they don't like. And the reason he won, I mean, Trump was nasty too, but they, they, Trump had an agenda. And he's actually largely carried out his agenda, which is he wants borders. He wants to, a better trade deal with, with China. And he wants to bring jobs back to America. And that's a pretty simple message. And he's also a complete political outsider and kind of a doofus and doesn't understand any of this stuff. Um, but, you know, he is an outsider. Uh, talking about what the voters care about, do they care more about 
Trump's character, John, or do they care about getting stuff done? And this is, I think, the essential problem with the Democrats, is that they don't get anything done, and you've got these 50 members that are up for re-election. I mean, what do they, what do they go to the voters on? I think they're... I think they're trying to, some are trying, particularly in the House where they have control, they're trying to push through some real stuff uh, where they can, uh, but they just get hung up on him time and time and time again. Um, and I think, you know, back to our, our central topic here, the other side of this impeachment coin, and we've talked about the politics, obviously that's what I talked about um, previously, is that uh, they just, the House Democrats need to decide, you know, if, you know, let's just, you can set politics aside, which they'll never do, of course, but if they want to put their convictions on the line, and to your point, if they just want to get rid of this guy, they think that he is a menace to this country, to the republic, and to the future of our democracy, then I guess they're going to have to, you know, put their, you know, mouth where their, what's the saying? Money where their mouth is. Money where their mouth is. Yeah. And, 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 and impeach. I mean, you, you can take the politics. I mean, if you look at um, what happened with Bill Clinton, and, you know, you're closer to that than I was, but I, I reread some of the speeches in the, in the Senate where they vote either guilty or, or, you know, not guilty on articles of impeachment. And it was – they knew, the, the senators knew, particularly the Republican senators who would be impeaching a Democratic president, and so it's inherently political. They knew that – they did not have the votes. Yet some, you know, had such conviction and voted guilty on both of the charges, perjury and obstruction of justice, because they felt, you know, deep down, if you read their speeches anyway, and they were defending their position, they felt very, very strongly that, um, that you know, he lied. He lied to the grand jury. He lied to friends. He lied to staff. He lied to everybody. And, um, you know, others would be impeached. Judges would be impeached for that. Military leaders would be impeached for that or removed for that. And therefore, he needed to be removed for that. So, you know, it just it really does come down to, yes, Nancy Pelosi is making political calculations, as she should. But um, the, the, the rank and file caucus members of the House Democrats need just to, you know, vote their conviction on this. And I think they will. Uh, so let's let's get out of this topic. Uh, what are the chances uh, that the Democrats move impeachment before the election? Uh, zero being um, no chance, 10 being 100% certitude. Where do you fall on if the Democrats are going to move impeachment? I think the chances of it remain at a minimum 50-50 at the moment. John, what do you think? Yeah, I'd put it at 30%, they impeach. I'm going to put it at 54% because I'm slightly more bullish, but I hear what you're saying. I think um, the fact of the matter is that the, the liberal, liberal base hates Trump so much that they are going to do what the Republicans did and move to impeach before the election. Uh, John Easton, what are you buying or selling today? So it's graduation time, Ooh. and uh, I just – it's a shout-out. And I'm actually going to take a – so I'm buying. But I'm buying parents uh, – Yes, I'm a parent. Full disclosure, I'm a parent. Uh, but whether you're uh, whether you're a student, if your parent uh, is graduating from the eighth grade or from the twelfth grade in high school or college, uh, you have put a heck of a lot of work in. And uh, uh, hats off to you. That is my buy. Parents of graduates today. I love that. You know, we both got eighth graders that are graduating. Well, no, seventh graders. 
You have an eighth grader. Like I said, I have an eighth grader. <laughs> John's had an eighth grader. Exactly. Yes. Last year, yes. they're now in freshman. What are you buying or selling, Adam? I'm just buying reading, folks. Take a second to stop looking at your phones and listening to all the babble um, after you're done listening to this podcast. Mm-hmm. Just read. Look at what the president wrote this week. It's worth reading. He said, I had nothing to do with Russia helping me to get elected. I believe you, sir. I believe the Russians did try to help you get elected, and you didn't have anything to do with it, despite your best efforts. Um, And I believe you, Mr. Mueller. I think this is fascinating stuff. I say read. It's a buy, buy, buy. So I'm going to um, buy the pink team. My daughter Molly is at the St. Peter's School, and it's field day. And she's on the pink team. She has her hair all done up in pink. And uh, my son Jack is a little bit less enthusiastic. He's on the blue team. Um, and he didn't seem all that excited about field day. I think he's been through this many times. You got Cushman's on pink team well, too, right? Cushman's are on the pink team. So uh, Jack Cushman's on the pink team. So go pink team. Uh, have a good field day. And to John's point, I hope everyone has a um, kind of great summer. Uh, we'll be back here next week. But summer's starting and people are excited to uh, get on with the rest of the dog days of summer. With that, thank you for listening to the EFB podcast, uh, Fury Theory podcast brought to you by EFB Advocacy. EFB means excellent for business. Yeah, baby.